this is Six Feet of Separation. I'm Joel Jackson, holding it down in the lockdown in New Orleans. And on the other line, as always, Andrew Levy. What's up, Andrew? How you doing, Joel? How things doing downtown? <clears throat> Good, man. Uh, you know, uh, the, shoot, the bullets keep flying. Uh, the cops keep responding. No, it's all good, you know. It's it's lovely in the daytime. It feels a little bit different about an hour after the sun goes down. You know what I mean? Um, I feel you. Not war zone like. I'm not. I don't want to paint a picture for people that live in other places. But um, I mean, look. Even in our producer Griper knows this too. And we talked a little bit about gun violence on a previous show in New Orleans. It's starting to feel like August. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I in, in, in the dog days of summer in New Orleans is when you start getting a little bit more random gunfire in your neighborhood. Um, and and now we're in the best weather of the year. It's festival weather with no festivals. Um, but we're kind of getting a little bit of that, um, you know, a little bit that uptick of criminal activity. That's just anecdotal. I haven't seen any data on the shed but um it's just feeling that way no you know? i know you felt it up close and personal in your neighborhood uh last yeah. night um I yeah mean, i'm gonna i'm gonna knock real hard on the wood here sorry gripes uh and say so far uptown this side of canal this side of claiborne uh we're doing okay um Although even during the day, man, it is eerie quiet out there on the streets and you never know in this town when you're going to run into something that's something, um, you know, as a, as a Yankee who's, uh, you know, got a long history here, but still pretty new to town, you know, I'm, I'm pretty cognizant of, of that element being around in the air. So, uh. Yeah, man. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have your head. You gotta, you always, well, almost in any city, but in New Orleans for sure, having your head on a swivel is something that's pretty commonplace, you know, uh, just for like personal safety, um, whether it's riding a bike, um, that kind of safety, or just, you know, there's, there's some in our civilization and our society in the United States, we do have a, a significant population of people that are on the fringe, you know, and certain uh, external elements like, a public health crisis and this lockdown, um, you ha- you'd be naive not to think that those folks that are on the fringe that really that get by with some social services, you know, as those things kind of start to uh, get tweaked and, and or aren't there, that you, you know, you've just got to be on your best lookout for, for uh, uh, undesirable behavior that could be some sort of threat. You know, it's just part of life anyway. And it's particularly, uh, you know, something that you have to be cognizant of during something like this. A hundred percent. And, you know, we touched on this briefly in the last pod, but, uh, you know, like people's nerves when they're caged get frayed right. and it's going to, it's going to increase. Like the longer you're in that cage, the more afraid your nerves are going to get, you know, like me wanting to slug somebody at Costco the other day or, or whatever it is like, yeah. you know, like people are going to, they're, they're going to be closer to the edge. So, you know, we've got a public health cri- health crisis, be safe, but in general, just be safe. 
right? On a positive, because there's so many positive silver lining notes with all this stuff too, right? That we all think about every day. Mm -hmm. And on a positive note, the social distance flirting from afar has been off the chain, man. I'm just saying it's like, well, it's like this, dude. It's like, look, we've been living, you know, some people say when they think about COVID-19 and the lockdown, they think, well, what was 9-11 like? And then, and then Katrina, for those of us that were impacted by that, uh, the, the, the housing and financial uh, crisis of 2008, those are things that we're kind of sort of loosely comparing to what we're starting to go through now and starting to project what kind of long-term implications this is going to have to financially to matters of the heart, love. Um, and But instead, I think more like... Um, I've lived through, <laughs> I don't think about like I've lived, I did live through all those things that I said, and they all drastically changed my life and altered it. And they were all a struggle to get through. But instead, because I'm always thinking about romance, the AIDS fucking crisis, when Magic Johnson got AIDS, I was 19 years old and in college and no one got laid for four years. <laughs> Just saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was a long build-up to the punchline. I I, I was I was was in college too. I I know what you're talking about. Right, and so we didn't. Look, the baby boomers had like copious amount of sex. My parents in the '70s, when I was a kid, they were all like swingers and shit at the fucking clubhouse with the pool and stuff. And then the generation after us, dude, they were just like French kissing. Soon evolved to a like job, like but we're in this long window of time where if you felt like if you had sex your penis was going to fall off so i mean i didn't even have my first girlfriend until my early 20s or whatever this is this is the real reason why gen x doesn't get enough credit thank you dude <laughs> we are the fucking law everyone needs to start fucking giving us some goddamn credit right now latvi kids who know how to fucking be on lockdown and not fucking be bored to death you are fucking um, a right man a hundred percent right Okay, so there was that. And then, look, I'm glad, not get me wrong. Everyone, I'm preconditioning my next statement by saying, I am glad this particular movement happened. It had to happen. I've had too many women in my life, friends, lovers, otherwise, that have been abused sexually in their lives. But then the Me Too movement happened, and it's like, dude, flirting just got shut down. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's like... I'm like, fine, I'm cool to not flirt, you know? So my MO the last couple of years has been like, wow. you know, I'm only going to have sex if you... Okay, so if you were like, make it very clear, I'm not even going to ask anyone on a date anymore. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to be courted, flowered, wine, chocolates, dined from my... Uh, from I, For me to even think about you as a, as a person with have intimacy i couldn't even think about it and that's been for a couple years and then now dude the flirting from 30 feet away off chains when you're on your bike or you're walking through the park it's like because there's this thing it's like well we can't get any closer than this we might as well just like go ahead and take a look at you know i'm not saying i'm a tall drink of water but man women are like looking me up and down and they're smiling i'm like hey all right you know it's fun uh it's I'm, like, I'm looking forward to all the 30 foot flirting tracks that are going to hit next year you know 
Thirty foot flirting, dude. You really need time. You really need to. I, I'm, I'm almost thinking that I should assert that as a trademark of the podcast. Co-op exactly. that from exactly. you, if not thirty foot flirting. Thirty foot flirting. You should go out and have some t-shirts made. Joel is thirty foot flirting with you. I mean, there might be how civilization going to change once COVID, like the vaccine's done and we're really past it. People might just start busting out into orgies, man. Uh, that's that's one possibility. Another possibility is that they don't. But, you know, like, I, I know what side of that argument you're going to be on, Joel. So Come right on. on. The coin flip. No, I like, I don't like, I'm not an orgy dude. I'm just saying that I have a feeling that could happen. But <laughs> who's our guest tonight, Andrew? Uh, our guest tonight uh, is going to be uh, Tom Thayer, who is the owner for the moment of, of DBA. Uh, nice segue, yeah. Joel. By the way, don't don't think that went unnoticed. <laughs> yeah. Shall I I, shall I reach out to Mister Thayer and dial him in? Yeah, let's get let's get Tom on the phone. And, all, right, uh, all right, we're gonna give this a, a, a stab. All right, so um, Tom Thayer, while uh, Andrew's calling him up, is a good friend of ours. Um, one of the uh, one of the best, by the way. This is Griper. Hey, Griper. Yeah. For, for, for you listeners who don't know, but uh, I'm the guy in the shadows. Uh, Tom Thayer, hands down, is one not only like a clear and uh, a dear and close friend of mine, but as well one of the best, the best owners and operators of any music venue I've ever worked with in my entire life. Yep. And I literally have been to hundreds of music venues, and you can tell how a music venue operates by how happy the their staff is right from the door guy to <laughs> bartenders to the sound people and that all comes from the owner and that Amen. comes from and that comes from the general manager you know uh, it's the it's a trickle down effect yeah man it's a good dude salt to the ears Man, and and the cat. Look, Tom's one good cat. That's all I'm saying. Hello. Hello. Hey, Did Tom. You? Hey, Tom. It's What's Joel up, uh, Griper, our producer here, with just singing your praises. Um, hey, Griper. My man. Hey, what's happening, man? How and you we sitting on, my, sitting on my back porch on a beautiful evening in New Orleans, sipping some wine. Nice. What type hey, of wine you got going on, bro? What's that? What type of wine you got going on? I got a little rosé, you know. Man, me too. Except mine's warm. <laughs> Yours is warm. <laughs> warm. And right on. cheap. Okay. And cheap. <laughs> hey, hey, well, Tom. You know, I, got, I, got some, I got some product laying around, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny, dude. Hey, Tom, I want to introduce you uh, to, uh, to, to our co-host here, uh, Andrew. Levy, uh, who's who's on the on the line with us? How you doing, Tom? What's it's, up, Andrew? I'm pretty sure I've met you at one point or another. I've been uh, close with these guys for a long time, uh, and I love the club. And um, I got I got to say, I'm pretty gutted to to hear the news. Um, they got well, widely you know, widely reported. News, yeah, the the news is just the news. This was already happening long before. <laughs> the plague came in and so we're just kind of going through with it and we'll see what happens i mean nothing is you know if i don't get if, if we don't get where i want to be then we'll we'll continue on 
as planned whenever that is, you know, but, um, I just, we were, I was already, you know, I've had a, about 10 years of, of settling partners, deceased partners, estates, uh, five to be exact. And that's been a soul sucking endeavor and <laughs> also a, and also a bank you know, saving sucking endeavor. So, um, so I'm just, we're going to go through with it, see what happens. I mean, it's not like, you know, we're, 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 we're going to continue on if we're not where I need to be. Um, do you get to, because, because I've had some names thrown at me that I'm not, I'm not going to mention here, but do you get a final choice if, if somebody who you don't want to buy the club, uh, wins the seal? Absolutely. Bid? All right. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I've got 20 years of my life in this business here in New Orleans, and I've got another six years of it up in New York. You know, the original, as people know, we started in East Village, and, you know, my partners and I fantasized about opening a, a New Orleans store, in, you know, because we would come down to Jazz Fest, and we just loved it. We loved the Marini. We loved, you know, we saw that as the East Village of, of New Orleans, and so... You know, yeah, I'd love to find if it's a matter of if it's a matter of, you know, who do I want to continue on with what I have with what we've been doing? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, if someone throws a number at me that I can't refuse, that's, <laughs> I can't refuse. You I know, see, yeah. so, um, you know, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I make I make every decision. So um, I just figured we had just everything we were doing was leading up to this over the last couple of months. And then the insanity of the last month came in and we're like, you know what, let's just see where we're at. Let's just see where, who knows? I know people are, you know, people with cash are not as inclined to be putting it into the stock market maybe, or, you know, and there's low interest rates. You never know how people react to these things. You know, usually, usually bars are pretty recession proof endeavors, but that's, we never really factored in a pandemic in that equation. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Well, and Tom, you went through uh, a DBA, um, a Hurricane Katrina. I mean, uh, is that we is did there, indeed? What, what kind of similarity? Is there any kind of common thread? I know we're in the early stages of this. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, to me, you know, this is this is such a, you know, that was just this Gulf Coast region, you know, and this yeah. is, you know, on a global scale, it's affecting the planet it's affecting the country and you know we you know we all ran to i, I went to new york and ran it wrote it out because i was still had an apartment up there and and um so i mean there are some similarities and i think new orleans were a little i think we're since we've been through it we're kind of and we go through blackouts and water boils and stuff like that on a semi-regular basis i think we're a little more we can handle it better than maybe some other places. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's definitely apples and oranges. I mean, I, I just, this is such at such a large scale that we can't, they can't just throw money at us and, and we can't just, you know, go to stay with our mom for, you know, a couple months, you know, up where, so, so yeah, I mean, who knows? I just, I know that once this is, said and done that we're going to be back to doing what we do down here, you know? Um, but you know, you know, New Orleans, DBA was a place that people gathered after nine 11 too. We opened had opened not too long after that. And there was a lot of people take a lot of comfort in gathering there. And, and, um, 
you know, after we got, everyone got rolling after Katrina, it was, um, it was just a celebration. People were balling just to be together again. And, I, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have a similar, it's going to be, you know, a similar case after this is all said and done. Uh, Tom, if my, if my, if I may ask, um, DBA and New York city, like proximity is, yeah. are you, uh, where, where is it exactly? What, where are the cross streets? East village. It's the first Avenue between second and third. And, so and you, since, Two of, and I referenced my partners passing away. The two partners that started it back in '94 that I helped open it with um, have both passed, and their families have both sold it. So it's a DBA in name only, and um, and it, it actually has become a New Orleans bar in New in New York. That's where people gather to watch Saints games now. So it's kind of gone full circle a little bit. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, so it's, it's it's become a New Orleans it's become a New Orleans kind of hang in New York now, even though they were the original. So you're all downtown, like, so that's downtown in Manhattan. And uh, yep, so after yep. 9-11, I mean, the shock of everything must have just been extraordinary, right? Like crazy. I mean, cer certainly, for, I mean, I was here, my partners were there, and uh, certainly it was as similar, you know, it was as crazy as, as from what I, you know, understand from them. It was just, you know, just people walking around in disbelief and, and just, you know, for sure. I wasn't there at all. so. But I did, again, we having that connection to New York, people did kind of gather at DBA here in New Orleans a bunch just to kind of be together. And, and uh, um, yeah, but I had just left, I had been out, I moved out of New York in late 99 to move down here. Um, and uh, so I can't really relate to what, you know, I can't really say what was going on there. But I know just talking to my partners, it was a pretty surreal situation and time. Tom, I had, a, I had a great experience at DBA in New York uh, that's related to uh, some to some degree Ellis Marsalis. Um, may he oh, rest wow. in peace. Um, well, I was, uh, this was like 1999, and went in Marsalis, who's probably the most, his music and his influence on jazz music is probably the most influential thing for me as a music listener, you know, because I'm, I'm into straight ahead jazz. And, right on, uh, me too. Ch Thelonious is my, you know, hero. Demand, and he, yeah, so fucking right. Highly, yeah. you know, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, Ellis was, you know, certainly a disciple of Thelonious. You can just hear it in everything he does. That's right. And then through his kids, in, in particular, Winton, you know, bringing back straight ahead jazz after through the 70s, it was kind of disappearing, you know. And making straight ahead jazz cool again, um, right? Exactly, was, was just something that it really influenced my decision to even stay in New Orleans. You know, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know if I would have stayed in New Orleans if, if not for that. Uh, but hmm, um, even though Wenton wasn't here, obviously, but I was. I was. I was working at the Contemporary Arts Center at the time, and also uh, maybe doing a ship or two at Snakes, like when in 1998 or something and i closed down snakes as a customer not working and my friend <laughs> uh, my friend holly and i uh, this was pre 9 11 obviously so we went and got her roommate's college id for me because you could fly 29 dollar value jet flights to new york on standby with a college id through atlanta so it was 29 dollars times two and the reason we went to New York was because Whit Marsalis was debuting, premiering this album called Big Train, live in the Lincoln Center. 
And I think it was Kermit Ruffins and his big band was going to be playing outside before that show. And I kind of vaguely knew someone connected with that production. So I thought, well, maybe because it was the, the Lincoln Center show was sold out. But I thought we basically went straight from the bar with like a sacky of, you know, white powder in our pockets and that fell out <laughs> like going through security because you could do that back then. And um, got to New York, took public transit into the station, took a bus to Lincoln Center, ended up getting two tickets in two different places from people who didn't show up for their will call tickets. And wow. it was awesome. Nice. And that night we were like, well, fuck, we're in New York. Literally, we had left Snake and Jake at seven in the morning, made the show. We didn't have anything else to do. And we went to fucking DBA <laughs> that wow. night. What what made you go there? Like, how did you end up in East Village from Lincoln Center? Because I called uh, I called Barbecue Dave in New Orleans on a payphone, mind you. Of course, and I was of like, course. Dave, who are those dudes that uh, sleep on my couch? Seemingly, my couch is on Cherokee and Oak Street. Seemingly, every jazz fest. He was like, Oh, you mean like? You know, it was like names from who's that Supreme Court justice that, that the beer drinking dude that we just just got on that. Oh yeah, like Squee, like Squee. It was like that. He was like, it was like, <laughs> oh, you mean Squee and Jacko and and Jezzo and Lizzo, Lizzo. <laughs> right? Okay. Right. Yeah. Like the, every name had an O on it, and it was stupid. And you know, they had like like they were like fraternity kids or something, and. They were like, you know, the kind of people that would put peanut butter on their testicles and have a dog look at it or whatever. Those type, those oh, type of cats. And, right. um, wow. So, so, I, uh, so I called those guys and they were like, meet us at DBA and then you can crash at our place, you know? And, uh, nice. so we stayed for three or four days and it was awesome being at DBA that night. It's fucking great. Well, it's it's definitely had a great beer garden. I mean, the '90s was definitely the heyday. You know, yeah. um, you know, we were right around right around the corner from the Hell's Angels. And I remember, I remember when we opened up, like the first day we opened, the Hell's Angels walked in and just walked around the place. You know, kind of one of our one of our buddies was friends with the Hell's Angels, who were right on the corner and walked around, looked it over, walked behind the bar. I mean, they literally walked behind the bar and they basically was like, "I want that," and pointed at a tap handle. Wow. We're like, screw it, screw it off. Here it is. It's all yours. And so they were like, all right. And so those guys were our buddies from that day on. So that was, uh, was good to have them as our, as our, as our dear friends in the neighborhood. You know what, dude? And, and yeah, you got to do that. You have to embrace that. Right, Tom? I mean, you just have. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And right? coincidentally, yeah. coincidentally, you got, I think you can get, you can get $29 flights to New York right now too. While you're at it. So <laughs> we got that, we got that going now too. Without, you just have to leave the cocaine at home. Um, <laughs> right, great griper. Speaking of cocaine, you used to live in a place called the Crack Shack, right? And it was uh, Tom. You'll love this because Dave Clemens owned this. You know, when when Dave bought Snake and Jake's, he bought like three properties right there um, in that block, right? And one of them yeah, was short, and the other one was that blue house that we called the Crack Shack. And so I think griper, you were one of the first, if not the first, tenants in that house. I was, I was, I think it was me and B Singer actually. I think and, so. A uh, four hundred dollars a month in rent. Uh, no screens on the windows. No AC. 
<laughs> and crack dealers on the front porch. When the front porch, mind you, porch being air quoted, was a bunch of like cinder blocks where the brothers from the corner would fucking sling shit. And they, were, they would have a boom box. And so we didn't use the front door. We used the back door because the, the, front back porch, door. the front porch was there. It's much like your, wow. um, your, your bikers, right? And in fact, right. in fact, at some point, Griper, I was either I was staying there for a spell or something, and yeah. they called both of us slim because you know how all tall white dudes look alike. Yeah. They, called, <laughs> they called Griper slim, they called me slim. Yeah. And I I came home one day and he was like, "Yo, slim, that dude with the curlers in his hair was trying to break in your place, and we ran him off." You know, this dude wow, curler. That's perfect. That's perfect. It's, it's kind of yeah. to your point, you know, you Curler have to. Head. You have yeah. to embrace those the, the the people that are already in your neighborhood before you got there. You have to embrace it. Yeah, and, and coincidentally, I, you know, after living in the Marini for ten years, I can now I've been I can now probably hit Snake and Jake's with a rock from my back porch. It's about a block from me, you know, a block and a half from me. So don't you know, hit it with right the rock, the, dude. It'll fall over. Yeah, with the rock. <laughs> I told Dave. I told Dave I won't throw rocks. I told Dave I won't throw rocks at this guy. So but at least spring a leak if you do. A half a block away. Would you yeah, move it to lose? No, I'm over on Willow and Adam, so I'm pretty close. So, All right, yeah. still in good position for a po' boy from Adam Street. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, so, and and Don Fong King Cakes first thing in the morning. Yeah. Oh fucking oh, right, man. man. So you moved down to New and York. And Marty, Marty, Gr- Marty Gras so long ago, you know? Jesus. Doesn't it? Man, yeah, yesterday, like it. yesterday seemed so long ago. Yeah, like, exactly. The, the, exactly. Like, this is a weird time warp we're going through, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, dog, totally. it's a, it's a dog year type thing. You know? Totally. Exactly. You're right. Definitely right, JJ. So, Tom, you moved down to New Orleans very specifically to open DBA, right? Like, were you... Uh... Correct. We, 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 I remember coming down with my partners, Dennis and Ray, and my, fr- and my buddy of mine who, was, a, who was, an, was, a, was an electrical engineer, but he was, he was coming down as our kind of research guy, and he knew he was supposed to know a little something, but he was just down for the party. And he ultimately ended up working at some of the most, you know, being property manager at the Plaza Hotel, and then just more recently, the World Trade Center. And so... But he wow. came down for the ride, and we were. It was the weekend of the of the um, um, Woodstock, whatever one that was up in Rome, New York, where they burned the place down, and right. you know, and it was. We were we were down here that weekend, burning this place down. I mean, we had a, we had a pretty epic twenty hour bender down here. But we looked at a bunch of properties on Frenchman Street that day, and we saw, you know, looked at what is now Mona's, and looked at what is now. Uh, whatever that thing is on the corner there, you know, next door to Mona's and, you know, and whatever, where Mason is and all that. And we, as soon as we walked into DBA, although it was that space was two separate spaces and it was all boarded up and it was stacked with garbage and just, it was disgusting. We just fell in love with the room, the wood and all that. And we knew that it would be, it could be just such a great room. And, um, it, and ultimately turned out to be, and for what we, you know, they were asking for it. We would, Coming from New York, we're like, we'll take four. You know, it was just, it was just <laughs> phenomenal. You know, yeah. So, um, you know, but, you know, yeah. So we, we if, if I may say, uh, Frenchman Street during that time, during the the nineties, early two thousands, yep. was, yep. I mean, 
God damn, that street was hopping. I mean, 19, I remember going to Cafe Brazil in 1994, 95. Uh-huh. And yep. just, and the whole street just, and O'Day out there, dressed up in his yeah. like, regalia, just standing there, not talking to anybody, but just being the commander of the entire, like, block. Like He was like, yeah, he was the mayor of Frenchman Street, right? Man, Kevin, he, Kevin he O'Day? Is... Oh, no, man. Oday. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oday. Sorry, I apologize. Oday. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and and the fact that it's like during uh, on Fat Tuesday they used to take a bunch of like couches and garbage and just block off Frenchman Street so nobody could drive down it. <laughs> yeah, and then started on fire at the end of the night, and then you know. started on fire. <laughs> you know, yeah, those were different times. Oh, beautiful times, man. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, when we got here, there was literally Brazil. It was. Apple Barrel with uh, Adolfo's upstairs. Um, nothing going on in the in the, you know Snug Harbor, of course, doing their thing. Blue um, Nile was Cafe Jungle. Istanbul um, back then, if I recall. It, it was sh- it was shuttered at that point. There, was it, it wasn't happening. It was, okay. then. Yep, it was done. So it was closed for a couple of years. But from you know there was Praline Connection was still Praline Connection, and <laughs> you know pretty much from that Praline Connection down. It was nothing. There was the printing spot where Bamboulas is, the print, the old printing spot where Bamboulas is. But oh, beyond shit. that, yeah. that was, yep, yep. And then nothing else was going on in any other of the buildings. And then some stuff started to happen. I don't know if you remember, these guys came in and said they were like, you know, De Niro was their backer and they opened this place called Belforche on the corner um, of Frenchman and Decatur there. And that was around until Katrina and then that never came back. So there's, you know, there's definitely been a transition down there, that's for sure. Well, do you want to hear a funny story real quick, man? So at one point, Miss, Al- Miss Elaine from from uh, Snake and Jakes and Club Frankie, who was one of the first cats that made Snake and Jakes happen, um, they opened up a club where the Blue Nile is, right? That's right. Yeah. But it was, but it was upstairs. Right? right, and I can't I can't remember the the name of the club escape it escapes me, but it was kind of a freaky ass club because Club Frankie was kind of a freaky ass dude, and they had right. this <laughs> and they used to do this S and M bondage show like every like Tuesday night or whatever, and and the following day after their show, the owners of the building walked in who are hardcore Christians oh, and no. saw this oh, all this bondage gear everywhere. And then immediately kicked them the fuck out of the goddamn club. Oh, is that what like, happened? Wow. That's that's why that's why they ended. Yeah, yeah. Because the woman came in and there was like one of these spiral like bondage, you know, pentagram sort of things or whatever. But yeah, um, Draper, do, you, yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember? Do you remember like how Party much over. of a trek it felt like to go from our little enclave right where Tom lives now down Dude. to Prince Street? How it just seemed yeah. like field trip didn't it back then dude and we always we always used to say like all these downtown kids think they're so cool jesse shows for example (laughs) all these downtown (laughs) well no you're a downtown kid nowadays but anybody anybody that you like on the other side of canal street was not cool because you lived uptown and lo and behold not growing (laughs) up in this city I found out that Uptown, Jeff Duville is one of the people that told me that Uptown was the most dangerous part of this whole fucking city. Yeah. You know, and I always assumed downtown was. I was like, oh, well, I get mugged like every other day uptown. Downtown must be way worse. You know? 
but yeah. I, that, that wasn't for well, true. Oh, well, Wendy, who I've seen you know, my significant other for many years, is, you know, um, born and raised in New Orleans, and she was part of the whole punk rock scene and all that back in those days, and she is uptown yeah. proud, you know. She right. was like, they, they, are all, they, are all pre- they are all pretenders down there, you know, so <laughs> she is uptown it. proud. Love Take it. that, Joel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it's all good it just felt like city anyway back in that day when we were all like those oak street kids next to snakes and maple leaf and stuff uh the Ferret place the diner all that's adams it just felt like like right now i'm a stolen throw from like the old new showcase lounge you know and that felt like going i mean dude i love that i love that club bro We'd go out for the Sunday night Devell Crawford, uh, Crawford. Crawford shows. Yeah. And uh, there'd be a couple ladies like sort of stripping or whatever while he was playing with his band. And uh, I mean, it really felt like a trek. And now sometimes I'll make that as a bike ride. I don't understand why I thought four and a half miles was so difficult. Yet at the same time, to this day, right now, currently, I can only have a romantic relationship with someone who lives downtown in new orleans or like in new york or on the west coast or in europe like i can't <laughs> i can't it still feels that far there's no way if someone you're looking if for that uptown girl you're like dirty coast and whole foods uptown i'd be like right. sorry babe, this isn't gonna work out it's just uh, a geographical problem yeah certainly that certainly that deep in yeah for sure that's way too deep, man. Once you get into that yep. little corner, yeah, yeah, broad, Broadmoor maybe, but you, know, you could be Broadmoor. I, 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 could, I could deal with some Broadmoor. Hey, bro, <laughs> come on now. I could hey, even hey, give. Yeah. Hey, Tom, I got a question for you, man. So, yeah. leading up, leading up to the point where where the feds actually pushed the bill through for all of our money to come in to help yeah. people out, we were, uh, yeah. we're. Am, am I incorrect in saying that you were not you were involved with like reaching out to our state reps and making sure that shit happens to take care of musicians I, and stuff? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I did, you know, for what that's worth, I tried to rally people to to, you know, for basically for the service industry, the entertainment industry, the gig economy, like, you know, that y'all are all part of, you know, like, you know, it's who knows what it's worth. I mean, but it's worth the effort, you know, to try you know, and if enough of us reach out and and say, listen, this is we're such a huge part of the economy. I mean, the the you know, the, the restaurants, the clubs, the festivals, all that. You know, all these people are out of work right now because you know. And so I, all I, you know, I'm not that big into Facebook beyond you know, you know, posting a picture of my dog every now and again. Um, I wanted to do like what if I got information sent my way or if I saw something or somebody you know, sent me something, I was going to do what I could to try to share it and help, you know, encourage others to do the same. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of agendas out there and lobbyists and all the like. So it was, you know, I just thought it was worth at least some effort, you know, while we're sitting around waiting to see what happens, you know. Yep. But Well, for for what it's worth, Tom, and I'm saying this from, a perspective of that I, I when my work is happening I'm on the road 200 days out of the year and right. a majority of those those days I'm in a club a venue right. a theater 
whatever. But all I want to say to you, man, and I know you're a good buddy of mine, and I'm not blowing smoke, is that your club and the way that you treat your employees and the way that, like, you run the things and how happy musicians, especially the musicians are, to be able to play in your club is beyond any other place that I've ever been, aside from the 930 club, you know. I mean, aside from like, say the, the you know, and oh God, fuck, oh. fuck like, fuck like uh, Live Nation, but the Fillmores are actually like really good people that take care of their people. And you are, you're like, and thank you for what you're doing, man. And what you've well, done. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I mean, I've, I'm not in this, you know, this, I'm not in this to make a ton of money. I mean, it's a struggle, you know, and, but you also, I'm in this for, I, I fell in love with New Orleans. I fell in love with the culture. I fell in love with the musicians. The musicians are my friends. These are these are my these are my people, you know. And I don't understand. I mean, I remember after Katrina going to South by Southwest, and there was a panel um, there with uh, Jan Ramsey and uh, Scott Ages, and maybe Allison Fenderstock or or Keith Spira, and then Cyril Neville. And and when Cyril kind of pointed me out of the crowd and said, you know, this is a guy that actually is fair with people and coming from new Orleans. I'm not used to that. And my, my, my answer to that is like how, I mean, I, I appreciate and respect what he does and his family and everything he's done and everything he's had to go through and the struggles and all that. And, and so who am I to start ripping off musicians or whatever? And so right. I just, uh, I just do, I'm, I'm, I'm I was a bartender. I, I'm not a, I'm, I, I grew up, I'm a work, I'm a working class family. My, I was raised by pretty much by a single mother and I struggled and I helped my mom out and all that. And all I'm going to do is do what I can to make sure others can, you know, you know, make ends meet. And I'm, you know, this, I've, I've, I have DBA because I started out as a sweat, sweat equity guy and I've been slowly buying into it and taking out loans as, as, as my partners have passed away which has been unfortunately going on for too many years now. So, yeah. um, so I think great for, I th- I appreciate that. And I, and I really appreciate anybody who's reached out to me in the last few days. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know any other way to do things. Just treat people like I'd want to be treated, you know? And so that's, right that's on. how I've lived by right my whole on. life, you know? So, so, and, so, and just to so. let you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. Just saying that you're one of I know, the best brother. club, I know. just one of the best club owners I've ever, ever, ever encountered I, and i'm so sorry. i appreciate that i i really appreciate that and i'm free thing so i i really do and that's all i've ever wanted i mean i want to yeah. i wanted to you know every night i wanted to program a room like there was bands that i'd want to go see i mean i don't i i you know like you said it seems like a long way down there um at times in the last few years it has especially being way up here uptown in the river bend and to go down to frenchman street but <laughs> i i still i i still program oh, the humanity. Bands that i would if i were de- if I if I were living in around the corner like I used to on Parker and Dauphine for many years, you know, I would I was there all the time, and so I I you know I I try to program music that I want to see and, and create an environment in the scene and all that that I'd want to be at, and even yeah. though I'm not there as much as I used to back in the heyday, so but I but I, I thank you for the, uh, the for saying so, Griper. Yes, sir, absolutely, man. You got it, Tom. Of course, brother. Hey Tom, so I I got a question for you. You're gonna sell the club. What are you gonna do next? Well, I mean, obviously these are you know. I mean, again, this was all hap- This was all kind of a something that I had thought about, had been thinking about. Anyway, it was 
I was thinking, all right, 20 years, you know, this jazz fest was going to be our 20 year anniversary. You yeah. know? And so, you know, I was thinking about, you know what, it's been a, it's these last few years, these last years of just literally dealing with lawyers and, and the States was just, again, just took a lot of, it, the, the thrill was gone for a little while there. Obviously the street has changed. And, and so, you know, my thought was, well, you know what, I'm going to see what I, you know, um, see what I can get, see how I can do. I'm going to reinvest into the city, maybe buy some rental property. Maybe my, my plans were to reinvest in the town and they still are, you know, it might be, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm looking for something new uptown or mid city, you know, like to do. So I was, you know, I'm always looking at vet spots that could be another venue or it could be another room or who knows. I mean, like the room has to speak to you, you know, and, and too many people have a concept and they, they try to shove it into a space that's not suited for that or, that has the same damn thing down the street, you know? And so I, I, you know, my thing was like, you know, and I'm going to find that room. Like those, my, my friends, Dave and, and uh, Dave and, and Greg, who like found Bud Rips and t- basically, which was a old man racist white bar that they just, they took this dirty old bar and turned it into one of the gems of new Orleans. And I know there's more gems in this town that, you know, could be turned into something really, you know, you know, something that, you know, something special. So who knows? I was always, I was ready to start looking around at that. And, you know, now I, I don't, I don't feel any differently, you know, about that. It's just things that we've just had this crazy nonsense of the last month. And well, all I've been doing lately is staying home and staying distant. And I want my people to do that. And I want, I'm washing my hands. I'm not touching my face. Ooh, maybe I was touching my face. Amen I'm not touching my face. And, I, and, and, and the sooner we start getting, we start doing this, the sooner we get in our houses, the sooner we can start pe- hanging and partying again to get once with one another. So, I, I just, I just um, want to note, I have Griper on video, and his hand is currently splayed across his face. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to not, like, scratch your head. I'm sitting out back, and my allergies are killing me, and blah, blah, blah. But So, I mean, I was always I, – I, my plan was I'm, – I'm not going anywhere. My plan was always maybe, – maybe leave town a little more during the summer because the summer is I'm not – fan of but yeah you know um you know i'm i'm probably my mom's in upstate new york and a lot of my my, my boys are too so i i kind of like my family's up there so i kind of like upstate new york during the summer and and maine and and cape cod and stuff like we're, that we're in upstate new york but, uh, uh we're up near bard college i don't know if you know where kingston Ryan oh you bet um, i do you uh, bet i do i spent a lot yeah, of time as yeah. a child so up in that area a little bit inland yeah but, so i grew up in a t- yep. I grew up in a little town called Tivoli outside of Tivoli, which is a quirky, quirky little town itself, just out just near Bard College. And um, and my group went to high school in Red Hook, which is just near there. So it's God's country, man. It's got the Hudson River right there and the Catskill Mountains on the other side. So for you know, 100 miles north of New York City, it's just well, I love it. So Don- Donald um, Fagan know, would disagree with you, but uh, I'm with you. Well, he yeah. loved Barry. He sang about Barrytown. Barry oh, right Town's on. right there, you know, yeah. and you know, and I, I actually Chevy Chase. I when he years ago, I had a girlfriend whose father was a professor there, and she grew up there, and she, you know, and Chevy Chase was there for the for the commencement speech, and he talked about playing drums with Steely Dan back in the day too. So that was really cool yeah. sitting in and uh, hearing about some hearing some old Steely Dan stories from the day. You know, so. Right on. But you know the weirdness. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of weirdos and freaks in, at Bard, and you know that's why I, I dug that hang, even though I was kind of upstate. You know, so and a lot of my friends still to this day all went to Bard College. My brother went to Bard, so I have a connection to that neck of the woods for sure. 
Sweet. So um, there's there's someone who uh, who we know, and I believe you know, who has asked to join the pod tonight just to say a couple of words to you. So I'm gonna special guest, a special guest who I'm gonna dial in right now. Um, okay. Uh, I'm gonna let the rest of y'all keep chatting. So hang on. Yeah. Tom, I look forward to uh, you know getting back on the disc golf course with you, man. When it, when the time comes, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Oh. Oh, sorry, uh, we're dialing. Uh, who's the mystery? Who's the mystery caller? We're about to uh, find this is out. Tracy. <laughs> yeah. Hello. 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 Tracy Birch, how the hell are you? <laughs> Hi, Tracy. I'm doing just fine. Hi, Griper. How are you? Great. Uh, we got Andrew. We got Cousin Andy. We got Cleats Jackson. And we've got, of course, Tom right here, man. Do you What's have up, Tracy? Andrew and Cousin Andy? Uh, <laughs> uh, that That is correct. Both of us are here. <laughs> Hi, ego, Tom. How are you? The ego and the I'm... So I'm doing as good as can be expected. I think that's the kind of the, the the general answer. Everyone's we're 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 doing well. We're you know we're uh, we're we're doing a lot of gardening and working on the lawn, and we're I think we're gonna stain our deck next week. And all I know is my my dog my dog Violet is very happy that we are all home all the time now. So. Nice, very nice. Yeah. Hey, how's, how's how's Vera doing? Oh, so. Vera is doing fine. She is sound asleep in the chair. Oh. My dog Lucille is very happy that I'm home. Um, as a result of my quarantine and not having to go to Baton Rouge for work, I uh, have a foster dog with me whose name is currently Vera. That's how she showed up to me. Can, can, can we put but foster dog? Can we put foster in quote marks? Can we do that? We should. I'm what not we should convinced. Do is put yeah, we can put foster in quotes, and we can put Vera in quotes, because all of my dogs get their names from theme music, and Vera has nothing. So her, va- her name has mm-hmm. to change if she stays. Okay. Oh, she's staying. Oh. If, 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 she put, if she sinks one tooth into my new sofa, she might go back to the pound. But <laughs> oh, boy. Otherwise, oh she's, boy. she's hanging around. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's, she's sweet as pie. She's an eight-month-old beagle, so she's sweet and full Very of energy, nice. and you know, oh, she's hilarious. My, my brother up in Syracuse is a—they're beagle lovers. They've had—they've had at least eight beagles going back for years, and they're—they're they're a beagle foster. So uh, nice. we're, we're yeah. beagle fans this for is, sure. Yeah, this is my fourth. Uh, rest, well, this would be my fourth rescued beagle. So I've had three that's other awesome. dogs, all of them beagles. And you live oh, in Louisiana, so there are, you know, hunters, they wander away. Who knows? You end up with, yep. you know, sweet dogs who nobody hey, wants. Hey, Did Tracy, I, you know, what, well, what, what well, they call them? Uh, gator bait? What, what was the <laughs> I had a Cajun tell me that uh, beagles were an alligator's favorite snack. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! <laughs> what a tasty well, at least one treat! Of the things that, one of the things that come out of this craziness in the last month is there's a lot of dogs being fostered and adopted and That's and rescued, right. and so so those so, you know there are there are these little silver linings all around. I mean, the animal kingdom is as if nothing, yeah, as if had, nothing's going on right now. 
Yeah, they had my number. They knew. They called me last week at the rescue that I'd got my first two beagles from. They called me and said, there's this beagle. She was surrendered. We're afraid she won't get adopted. Would you take her in? They knew. They knew. Good. And, uh, Good. That's great. They were, pro- they, were yeah. pro- they were profiling you. And, uh, <laughs> they totally Tom, were. They knew. And Tom, I'm glad <laughs> you brought up that silver lining. It, it, isn't it something like uh, there are no available dogs to rescue in New York right now? Because they've all been rescued. It's, 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 it's amazing. I mean, like, it just breaks my heart when people just don't have time for their animals, you know. And so they give them up or they, you know, they, oh, yeah, we can't. Man, it's too big or it's too, you know, and they just don't even give it the effort. Well, you know, yeah, that there there are some silver linings going on here. And, you know, a lot of them is families are gathering together and enjoying meals together and playing together yeah. because people are just go, go, go. And, and you know, obviously – we don't, we don't, it's too bad we have to go through something like this to kind of realize what's important this, in this life we're living, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the, the dog rescue thing has been very great to see for sure. And the lack of pollution. So I was going to, that was mm-hmm. the next thing. Yeah. The, the, the breathing. You can see all the stars easier. here in new Orleans. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Dude, last night out in Bayou St. John, we were out there late after our disc golf round, and it was—I I think that was the most stars I've seen here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, it was so know. dark that I didn't see someone steal my disc golf bag. Uh, oops. <laughs> Tom, I no, really? Bag. Yep, all seven. Someone pinched your bag. Yeah, oh. dude. Mm-hmm. Damn it! Sorry to hear that, bro. That's I got okay. I, uh, I got something you can borrow. I contextualized it in the, you know, relative to the greater things happening, and I quickly got over exactly. it. Exactly. Well, you know yeah, what, though, exactly. man? That cat got home with your bag and opened it up and looked at a bunch <laughs> of goddamn disc golf. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then his girlfriend... His, Girlfriend Googled like you know that the virus stays on that type dude, of plastic. Dude, that that is that is that is totally Kevin Klein in a fish called Wanda going home and screaming, disappointed, disappointed. Exactly. <laughs> Deep pull, Andrew. I love it. There <laughs> was the the them gangsters ain't too tough, man. The the time that the the bros rolled into Snake and Jake's, right? Yeah, shot three people. I think they took yep. literally seven hundred dollars in cash in a in a cash drawer, leaving the club. You know what I mean? So, and then they spent twenty five years in prison for seven hundred bucks. You know these aren't I mean? bright people. You know, these aren't bright Nobody people. told them so, that the drinks yeah. at Snake and Jake's were only three bucks. Oh, it's, if know, you're right, naked, exactly. And if you're naked, you're, it was top free. shelf, free, solidly free. <laughs> And Jägermeister exactly. was just free. Period. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I was bartending. <laughs> have, you talk, have you talked to Just Clemens don't order a Bloody Mary. Mary. You got to you, you, you get Clemens in this mix one of these nights. Absolutely. Oh, no. Oh, no doubt. David. No doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Dave's been a little bit quiet. A, a couple of people have told me they haven't heard from him uh, recently. It's, it's funny that you say that, Tom, because right before we started the show, I was... I'm in the middle of republishing a podcast remotely recorded from Snake and Jake's. And it was on December 15th, 2016. And uh, it was me and Jeff and Griper and Dave Clemens um, at Snake and Jake's. And uh, once we're done with this tonight, I'm going to republish that for people to listen to. 
Oh, uh, that's there's, great. There's the man. It's know? honestly one of the funniest goddamn things in the world. And again, <laughs> Jeff Duville is like, you know, the moral compass of all of us. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> like Jeff would just chime in because he would, as Jeff did, being the brilliant human being he was, allow like conversations to flow. And then every once in a while I'd be like, well, what's up with that? You know, and then Dave would be like, well, I'll tell you what, me and Cranston didn't like each other. Cranston, <laughs> being, yeah, his, no, Cranston uh, being his brother. Yeah, but, Jeff yeah. kept the trains running on time and kept the ethics in place. And also, you know, what was the thing? What's the water stick or whatever in the desert that you use to find water? He was like that dude, you know. <laughs> Right, the right, divining right. rods, or what? What is yeah, that? What you're talking he was about? The divining rod. Who's that divining rod? Thank you, Tracy. Uh, he okay, so here I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a few questions in my own divining rod effort. So this <laughs> is which episode of the new iteration of your podcast? The fourth. Wait, what? Oh, what no. is the episode? What do you mean? Of six episode of number. Four. This is four. X episode number four. Okay, great. Yep. So, yep. Um, six feet of separation. What is the? Yep. What's what's the deal? Uh, we talk to people about coronavirus and their lockdown and, <laughs> and how it's impacting them. We're not gonna, you know, ah. there. You know, lo love and Corona is my favorite. I can't stop talking about like, romance and love in the time of Corona. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, nice. Uh, it, nice. It, well, interestingly I can tell enough, you... I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, interestingly enough, the last time I saw David was at, at Jeffrey's um, post-second line at DBA. I guess yeah. that was Which... in... Mm -hmm. well, I mean, that seems like a million years ago at this point, almost. But, you know, that was... And I walk my dog by Dave's house every day, almost. So I haven't seen it hiding or hair of him. So we'll have to, I'll have to give a holler and rattle, knock on his door and see what he's up to. But, yeah, let's, nice. let's rattle that cage. That was a wonderful night that you disrupted. Oh yeah, yeah. After, after the mint, which was, you know, I was actually. What, when was that, Tracy? What was the date on that? Because I was, March I think I had the coronavirus 10th. back back then. No, 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 not the one at, not the one at Tips, the one at DBA. Oh no, no, no. The, okay, yeah. After the mint, after the mint. Let me think. It was. I mean, February it, it wasn't 10th. that long ago. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I mean. So it wasn't that long ago, but it seems like forever ago. And like, um, yeah. the mint there, the, everything at the mint was a packed house, and then the second line back to DBA, and all of it was just was was beautiful and just a great you know tribute. And then of course you know the Tipitina show you know at you know was that not was that long ago, and it seems like a million years ago. That was, was March fifth. That was March or March fifth. Public event, and, and that's kind of when that's when Corona, right? That's when coronavirus was kind of like we were already not touching hands. We were all we were already just like elbow doing the elbows and all that, and not sharing doobies or anything like that. Or at least most people weren't anyway. Oh, totally. I mean, that following Sunday, I had we had people in town who came in for the tribute, and we went to the second line for the visiting people, and it felt really weird being out there. May, may yeah, I say yeah. something? May I say yep. something real quick? Um, the performances from the bands that night on March 5th at Tipitina's was extraordinary. Amazing. Extraordinary. Okay, wait, so wait. Good. Can I ask? I, I, I'm just coming in and I haven't heard any of the episodes. So, 
I assume everybody in your listening audience knows they know about Jeff, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. We've this had a few chats about story. Jeff. I've been on for five minutes. So a few conversations about Jeff. Excellent. Um, yeah, like, I'm just going to say, and, and I was, I think, maybe talking to you guys on this golf course yesterday, but Tom, like, DBA was a huge, like, it was an important place for us, or is still an important place, but it was such an important place for us just because it was, like, the place to go listen to music. You know, Jeff obviously was a musician and played there a lot, but like I'm many, a many times. lover and just, it'd be like, what are we going to do? going to go listen to music. Where are we going to go? We're going to go to DBA first. And so it was always just a kind of landing pad for us. It was a place obviously that was like so spectacular because we had our wedding reception there. It was, fantastic perfect walter wolfman washington you know as it should have been for us and then it was such a great opportunity to have the tribute kind of end up there too it it just it was like a perfect yeah i don't know if i've ever told you this but i'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now well i appreciate it and i and i'm glad just happy i I mean let's let's i'm happy to be able to do that i mean we've had many 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 um too many posts you know, second lines or, you know, going back to Coco Robijo or, or Tim Green or, or, you know, Todd Duke not that long ago. And just, 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 you know, of course my partners. So, I mean, obviously we're there for our musicians and our community, you know, to, to our room is their room and we're happy to, we're happy that we got a space to do that, you know, and that people yeah. are comfortable, are comfortable and, I you know I was out of town when you had your reception, but I was I was thrilled to be able to do it for y'all. You know, it's my it was it was it was uh, yeah, I'm so happy to do pretty, it. I'm quite glad it worked out. It was out. pretty spectacular. It was a I mean it was uh you know I think I think I think Jeff and I were the kind of people who were like pretty low key about it, and I think at some point Jeff kind of like said maybe we're too low key about it, and it was it was as it should have been, you know. We had, yeah, we, had a couple bottles, we had a couple of bottles of Basil Hayden's behind the bar for uh, the inner circle and lots of <laughs> booze and Rodney <laughs> Beals did food and, uh, you know, all kinds Sounds of great. stuff. So it was great. And Sounds Walter, great. Walter went it was, that was Johnny a spectacular afternoon. <laughs> I've, I've never great. seen Walter as dressed to the nines. It was amazing. And that's, and, that's, and that's saying something. That's saying something right there. Yes, he, he, he's he, a man he, who know. cares about appearances. Well, he gives oh, a shit. Yes. And he gives a shit about Jeff, man. I mean, he... Um, Griper, you might remember this probably. It was... We did two different Jeff DeVille birthdays at Powell's Lounge. The oh, the ham kick. Well, there was the ham kick, but the year prior to the ham kick, we just set it up, and Griper, I think you were you were definitely there, running the soundboard, and uh, on that old rig we used to have, you, you donated to the show, and Walter just rolled into the bar to have a drink, and he sat down and talked to us. I remember that episode, um, that, and, and, and that was that was totally fucking hilarious. I have to say, as a listener, that that was one of my high points of, uh, of the old podcast. That was spectacular. Oh, I'm just sitting in a bar. We're doing a podcast here this afternoon. Who struts in? But Walter Wolf. But Walter. But I, I really do think that uh, you know Jeff had this uh, 
and I've had so countless people tell me this, and I'm sure you too, all you guys have. Um, there was something about him that if even if you weren't that close to him, you felt really close to him, like a lot of people. You For know? sure. For sure. And, uh, yep. and I think Walter felt that way, frankly, because uh, I think they had seen each other a thousand times over the years. And uh, I think Walter really gave a shit about that show for your wedding reception. And uh, it was fucking great. He you brought know? his A game, that's for <laughs> well, sure. Well, to be clear, he brought his A game. It was a great show. And he showed up like with red sequin shoes and the whole nine. And he like dressed better than I've seen him play most, like a lot of concerts he does. But he showed up, it was three in the afternoon. Or maybe right. not even. Right. Maybe two in the afternoon. Right. Right. Like, this was inappropriate day wear he had on, and I'm <laughs> all right with every bit of it. <laughs> like, it was spectacular. <laughs> I, and I love that all of like Jeff's people from the suburbs and elsewhere and your people from Cleveland were probably just kind of like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but it's I awful. have zero idea what is happening right now, exactly. but I'm okay with it. <laughs> All I, all I know is I, I'm I'm very I'm thrilled he's home safe and sound because you know that the the Wednesday the 11th of March he was on a cruise ship, oh, and fuck. I talked to his manager. Oh yeah, I talked to his his manager. Was Adam, that the Blues and, Cruise and or was it he, something? It's just some other. Uh, random it was gig. no, it was just it's 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 been a it's been, it was a pleasure cruise that he and his girlfriend have been taking pretty much three a year, and I think he left on March 3rd or 4th. Even with all this going on. And I, and I, once I kind of realized he was out there, I texted his manager, Adam, and I was like, did Walter take that cruise? He's like, yep, he wouldn't not do it. And so there was actually somebody, they actually had like a little bit of a scare. Someone died on the boat and it oh, wasn't geez. related to Corona, but I was just, we were all, I'm just, I'm just grateful. So thankful that he ended up getting home and he's home safe and sound because Good. it could have, that could have turned out so much worse. There were already, there was already cruise ships that would, they wouldn't let come to the, you know, got dock in this country at that point you know and so thankfully walter got to get home and i think he played i think think he played one more wednesday he played one more wednesday at dba before we ended up shuttering on actually no he maybe he actually he didn't we shuttered on the 15th so he never we we, halfway through the day on that sunday the 15th um when people heard that it was this was kind of out of control we just Spotted Cat and others in the club is like we're shutting it down and then the governor shut things down on the sixth on the 16th so um, we're just happy that I'm just, we just, that just thought just came to me. I'm like, I'm so glad that Walter ended up not getting stranded out there on some ship somewhere. Oh my hey, God. Man, that's and, and no, no way, no way for that gentleman to go. Exactly. Sorry. The fact that we have to even think about these things during these times is. We do. Is, and we're hopefully we're, hopefully we're in the second quarter, but I fear we're only in the first quarter of this thing. And so I hope that we can. I got a feeling hope, you're right. People, I got a feeling you're right, Tom. I, you know? I hope I'm wrong, but I got a feeling you're right. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, I, I just, people just need to, you know, it's too bad the rest of the country's finally realizing that, 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 um, you know, just stay home. You know, I know, I know everybody, you know, can't stay home and people don't have homes. So that's a whole other challenge, but but, you know, all, you know, with what our first responders and nurses and, 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 you know, I've got a friend who's basically been in quarantine for, you know, the last week or so. And she's, she's got it and she's not having any issues. And her response is like, I can't wait to get through this. So I can get back out there and, and keep helping people. And these yeah, are the kind right. of people we're, 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 we're dealing with where people who 
are here to help people. You know, they're here to make sure people get through this. And it's, it's, I, you can't, what they're doing right now, it's just, you can't even give them enough credit. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. So, uh-uh. so, um, and all we need to do is stay home. That's all we need to do. Stay yep. home, drink wine, watch Netflix. Yeah, watch, <laughs> it's not that watch complicated. Or Tom, that's no, a great, really that's, that's a, that's a great segue, Tom. You're natural of it. Andrew, you know what I'm talking about. You know, I, I know what he's uh, talking I'm, about because this I'm, is, this is the time in our show, Tom, when we start talking about our, our one regular segment, which is called. It, it, <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's Elio's. I'm pretty sure. Well, Elio's is definitely a sponsor. I'm pretty sure DBA is a sponsor tonight. Um, for sure. For sure. <laughs> no, our one regular segment is called Crisis Diversions. So we're right. very interested in knowing uh, what various people are doing um, with the copious amount of additional spare time that this crisis is affording them. So uh, is, is there anything, Tom? Uh, we'll get to you in a minute, Tracy. Anything, Tom, that has uh, crossed your screen or your podcast uh, app or something you've read, Kindle, something? Um, I mean, I've been looking at a lot of, you know, PPP, small business loans and EIDL, small business loans. And I've been doing lots of that stuff. I'm working harder now than I've worked in a while, you know, now that we're closed down. So just, just trying to figure out where we can find resources for our people in the, you know, service industry and entertain, you know, so there's a lot of that going on. I mean, um, I'm doing a little more real. I used to read a lot when I was younger. I'm starting to read a little more, which is good. I'm, we're doing the gardens looking great. We've been planting the garden. We've been, we've been, um, you know, we've got some little projects going on and, um, you know, so, but it's just, you know, I've been, you know, we catch a little, you know, we've been watching Better Call Saul, which we've been loving, yeah, stuff right. like oh, that, man. But, you know, but, but we're, you know, uh, we're, you know, it's just been a lot of just kind of trying to keep up with the staff and, and um, talking to other club owners, not only here in New York or in New Orleans, but up in New York and out in California and just trying to see how they're handling things, how they're managing things. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of that stuff. But, you know, trying to slow it down, you know, Wendy, basically, I was, uh, three weeks ago, I was obsessing over the news. And she said, like, we got, she just said, we're done. One hour a day, that's it. One half an hour local news, the nightly news, and that's it. So that's let, definitely let, let lowered my you, stress Let me level. tell you, Joel is not there yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, 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 there, there's no use in getting yourself all wound up because we know what the crisis is. We know it's, it's, it's you know, it's heartbreaking, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've been wearing, a, I've been keeping social distancing. I've been wearing a mask everywhere I got, went, gone, I've gone now pretty much. I mean, but when, if I go to the Costco, I'm wearing a mask and they were like, no, you don't need to wear a mask. But we had a construction project at the house last year. I had a N95 mask. I'm wearing it. I don't care. And so now we're hearing, oh, okay, maybe you do need masks to go out of the house now. So, um, yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, I'm, I've stopped, I tried to obsess, uh, I tried to do a little less obsessing over the news and, tried to find, um, you know, tried to slow it down and, you know, again, like reading and listening to more music and we're, you know, we're all so busy. We're also, you know, there's so much going on and it's just slowing it down now. And, and, um, hopefully everybody else is figuring that out too. Yeah. Right on. I I, I should interject that while we've been talking, we, we crossed the million global cases, Mark, that happened this afternoon. Right. 
Right. Sorry, yep. sorry, yep. sorry, and sorry for cutting in, Joel. No, I was just gonna. Tom, you and I talked about this uh, the last time I saw you um, at a distance, and uh, I thought Gar- Mayor Garcetti out of L.A. put it pretty well. That he's in terms of like the kind of precautions that we should be taking is that if you wait till it feels right to take a precaution, it's too late. You should do it when it feels wrong. Dude, you know? Mayor, Mar- right. Mayor Garcetti uh, really, uh, I mean, for those of you who don't know, I am uh, still technically an L.A. resident, not a Louisiana resident. Um, and Mayor Garcetti has impressed the shit out of me during this crisis just for yeah. sure, and, uh, and Gavin and, and their governor, yeah, and this, they got Governor got Newsom has they also the abs- you're absolutely right. Amen. Yep. And yep. the odds were against that, them. Because, you know, and just think of where we'd be if we didn't get John Bell back. We had Responi as our mayor. Uh, we'd still be uh, people would still uh, be on Bourbon Street right now. Tom, you know? thank you, so, dude. I had that on my question yeah. list for you because I saw you in some comment on Facebook, man. We would be so yep. fucked. We would be so yep. fucked. People don't yep. understand yep. how critical that yep. was. And look, I was the first yep. person who like cringed voting for him or supporting him or telling yep. him for, sure. for Edwards for because sure. of the abortion thing. It drove me crazy. Yep. But the dude needed strategically to get elected, and thank God he did. Thank God he did, yeah, man. We'd be He's a, we'd be st- well, can I'm, can I'm you imagine Governor you guys, Bobby? I, I'm a state employer. I'm a state employee. I would still be at work right now. Mm-hmm. Right, you, exactly. Like Texas, yep. <laughs> like Texas, where they right. they miraculously and inexplicably still do not have a stay-at-home order. I, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I'm a state employee. I thank. I'm thankful every day <laughs> that we have John Bell Edwards as our governor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Governor. Absolutely. Here, here's the yeah. John Bell for sure. Here's the John mm-hmm. Bell. Yeah. yeah. So, Tracy, what about you? What kind of diversions are you uh, having for yourself? Yes, what's distracting you from from this shit? Well, I I mean, it's like, it feels super complicated to me. I mean, I, I know it's complicated for everyone, but there's like, I don't know, other things. But I have to say, like, I mean, for for those out there, we didn't really do an introduction. I, I teach at LSU in Baton Rouge, but I live in New Orleans. So I often spend a lot of time in the car driving between the two because I cannot make myself move to Baton Rouge. So um, <laughs> no kidding. having those extra two and <laughs> a half props. to three hours a day uh, is really spectacular. Um, I've been, I've been uh, committed to walking, going for a walk for five miles a day every day. Uh, so nice. that is you know it's like an hour and 15 minutes and i just like head out the door and go in a different direction and you like an hour and 15 while you're clearly not walking with my dad no (laughs) no 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 no. (laughs) i'm like i'm motoring because i try to do it you know before i work or whatever but it's like i each day i sit out in a different direction and you you learn your city a different way when you're on foot and so it's just been really nice to go kind of all over um and the weather in new orleans is perfect right now so get yep. it in while i can and uh i've been i like i've been doing some reading which i don't get to do enough of i'm reading a book called the yellow house which is really fantastic um i have uh like there's always something i'm watching so right now i'm watching a thing called turn which is about spies in the revolutionary war 
just trying to avoid anything like, I don't know, (laughs) romantic or anything. (laughs) You know, kind of blood and gore, you know, gangster shows, war movies, you know, whatever kind of gritty like, uh, something getting, or any, other anything apocalyptic you're like yeah yeah anything apocalyptic is right in my wheelhouse right now <laughs> yeah, right. not anything that's I've been blossoming going to the disc golf course. Uh, we're, we're sitting in our social distance but walking 18 holes of disc golf so you know all of you that? people and your fucking apop- apocalyptic shit to divert yourselves i i it t- helps buddy. i tilt my helps. i t- i tilt my head in disgust our, uh, our our guest mm-hmm. on the pre- our guest on the previous show, uh, Lloyd from London, uh, said the first family movie they watched after the lockdown was Twenty Eight Days Later, and I applaud that. <laughs> I, I'm just <laughs> I am fully not behind that approach. I'm, uh, oh, I barreled I'm... through <laughs> The Outsider and Peaky Blinders. I mean, it's been like. It's been around Peaky two months. <laughs> Peaky's the best. I, I have not yet watched that, should I? Obviously. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, it's the best. Oh, my God. Apparently. It's so, so good. good. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> apparently, it's like... phenomenal. Nick Cave uh, doing the music. Apparently, it's oh, like Boardwalk Empire, so except great. if it were good. Yeah. That's what nice. I'm talking yeah. about. Like, the music is so fantastic. It's all this kind of like modern music, you know? Like, you'll, you'll get to the scene and... And it like Radiohead is playing or something, and you're like, it's so out of place, but so perfect, and yeah, it's great. Yeah. Nick Cave really and Nick Cave and PJ Har- PJ Harvey and stuff like that. It's really great. Nice. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's the, really good. It's, 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 it's definitely one of my favorites. That uh, you know of of the the Netflix series as there is out there for sure. Well, I have something to do tonight yeah. after I uh, get off this podcast, get stoned, and make food for sure. Um, Andrew, what, what about you, buddy? Andrew, you, Andrew Griper, you guys got anything for? Uh, uh, what, what do I got? Uh, no, I, I'm not sure. I have any new diversions. I mean, I I think I've mentioned this to you offline, maybe not online, but uh, Westworld season three is um, my drip, drip, drip that keeps on dripping every Sunday. Thanks HBO yeah. for sticking to no binges. Fuck you very much. Um, I would love to know <laughs> what, how, how that all ends, but my guess is that they have a plan and that it doesn't end with season three. And sometime in you know 2030, we'll find out what season four looks like. Uh, yeah, so th- that's the best I can yeah, do right. for you. I, I don't know that there's... Um, I mean, you know, I think... Oh, actually, you know what? I'll tell you what. So uh, we haven't touched enough on this, I, and I'm hoping to touch on it with an artist who's actually doing it in a future episode of the podcast. But, you know, uh, musicians are increasingly, uh, because there are no clubs, and there are no, uh, well, I was going to say there are no record stores. There weren't any record stores before this crisis, um, except for Peaches on Magazine and Louisiana Music Factory. Um Anyway, uh, long story short, uh, the, the gigs for musicians have dried up, so a lot of them are doing, uh, uh, you know, sort of their own performances online. Um, and uh, so French house music is... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, 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 lived, see, I didn't see that coming. I, no, I, you know, I like to blindside you. I lived in Europe for a time. Oh, uh, that 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 got griper up. Um, uh, yeah, no, I I lived uh, in Europe and did the clubbing thing for a little while, and 
There's this French DJ uh, who has an extraordinary fondness and appreciation for disco uh, by the name of Bob Sinclair. Um, and every morning um, uh, at 7 o'clock New Orleans time for an hour, he's doing a jam every single morning. And it hasn't stopped for two weeks. Um, and it's on Facebook Live, so it's easy to find. Bob Sinclair, S-I-N-C-L-A-R. Um, Check it out. Uh, you know, like for for those of us, and I'm not naming names, Tracy, uh, who are up on the early side. Um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, put that on while you're in the shower. You'll groove out nice. a little bit. And this guy is, uh, uh, I mean, he has an appreciation for the kind of music that I grew up with that very, very few professional artists seem to. Uh, and I'll explain that to, to those of you who are more New Orleans funksters, but there's a direct connection between what he does and, and what we listen to. So, yeah, Bob right. Sinclair, that's that's my Bob crisis Sinclair. diversion of the episode. I've got one for you. Right on. Go, Joel. Uh, my crisis diversion, escapism of the week. Do this in the morning when you wake up. Like, like for me, I've been saving because I don't have roaches or rodents, so I'm able to, like, cook because I don't have a significant other in my abode, I get to leave the dishes till uh, the next morning. And it's fucking awesome. I highly recommend it for everyone. Wait, wait, wait. Um, so you get up in the morning and you save until the next day or you do a, you cook at night and you have them in the morning? I, I, I cook at night, I eat, and then I clean the kitchen the next morning. Wait, you cook right, at night? So I'm just going to preface, uh, I'm gonna I've, preface I've, I've never, by saying you go, started go, the conversation by saying I don't have roaches or... Uh, rodents, because because I don't have is, roaches and rodents, that's the reason I get to do it. But that, that's also I, the recipe for getting them. I know, but I'm just gonna until it gets warm, <laughs> until it gets ten degrees warmer. I'm gonna stick with until the, you see the first one. <laughs> Tracy, we're going through a global public crisis pandemic, and I need to. Do I know pandemic. Makes, I know. I know. Makes me emotionally healthy, and this does. <laughs> but totally. so, and, and even before I start, before I log on to the John Hopkins. Johns Hopkins data visualization site and see what the new numbers are. Go to nola.com and see how many <laughs> hospital beds and how many new IC units are coming on Oshner and the convention center. Before I do all that, I'm going to put something on YouTube that makes me happy. Right? Right. And here's, here's, what, here's what I recommend for the listeners. And you can put these two videos on loop, and it's New Orleans related. Shout out to Balzac and Odoms. Oh, they just did that loquat jam. Oh, that was amazing. What? I didn't even see that. I'm going to go back to some oh. early footage, Trace. Oh, I you want have you to tell to the people. Go look at it. And I want to hear, I want you to tell people what we're talking about. But Rainbow and Marrero, just oh. go to YouTube. Uh, keeping so up good. Jetsons is the other one. And just watch that yep. shit on a fucking loop for third. Thirty minutes while you're making your fucking Captain Crunch or your yogurt blueberries or whatever your bacon jam Dude, is. Dude, that shit is eleven oh, years old. Morning. I had no idea that's eleven years old. It's eleven years old and it's only oh, eleven shit. years old. And it's I would have thought it was older than that. And eventually, no, they were doing some serious fucking video, like graphic animation work. They were doing some night. Nice, they were doing like Steadicam shit eleven years ago, like. They, like like a rainbow, rainbow in in Marrero, rainbow in Marrero. That's Joel, I'm telling yeah. you, you have to go to that. You have to go to Balzac's Instagram page, and he put something. I think today, 
about making loquat jam. It's like his song for the coronavirus. Oh, I'm brilliant. To... Okay. All right. Brilliant. Check that out. I'm, that's going to make me get on Instagram. I'm going to, I'm going to get on all oh, my cat has so an Instagram good. page. So that's yeah. fucking. Yeah, Rami's a pretty ta- Rami's, Rami's a talented yeah. dude, not only musically, but as far as, you know, as far as programming, internet, you know, like website stuff for a program. He's, he's just a talented cat on so many levels. So, and then you got little Doogie, which is a whole other, guy, right? a whole other oh, deal. Oh, and I love Doogie. <laughs> we've been, Tom, we, we've been trying to get little Doogie on the podcast forever, man. We're trying to get because we, <laughs> we just wanted to come on and just make us. Have you re- you've reached out to Rami on that? And, you I, know, I, you I did, man. It was like he was having his baby and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. In that life, wherever in the West Bank or out east or wherever he is. And uh, yeah, he's the man, sweetest. What a, what a gem. He is, he is for sure. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I love that dude. Me, me too, man. Me too. Back when I had a brass pass at Jazz Fest uh, a couple of years ago, when I lived in the neighborhood, so it made sense to do it the in and out thing. Uh, you'd like go at 11 30 morning, get some coffee and some strawberries in the OZ tent, listen to music, and then maybe go back to your house for a minute. So when I was doing that, and in around side of uh side of the Kentecos, in fact and we just sat there and chatted it up for like two hours and uh it was like the most pleasant jazz fest experience or you know and that would have like that's great third, third in the afternoon when there was nothing really on my schedule that i had circled you know what i mean um, right yep. great great dude but uh so yeah check that out y'all rainbow and marrero uh, keeping up with the Jetsons. And look, we're going to have a whole episode on Little Doogie at some point. So we'll save a lot of that. We're, we're going to have to get them on the fucking podcast, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. We, we must not stop un- until, yeah. until that happens. Absolutely. Right on. Nice. So we didn't, we didn't hear from Griper. What you got, Gripes? Griper, you got any oh, crisis diversions? Got... Yeah, crisis diversions. Oh, no. <laughs> you know. Oh no. 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 Uh look, look. I uh, just being able to talk to y'all, that's my best my best uh aversion. You know? Yeah, you're right, man. Business uh, as uh, usual and, for Griper. And, 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 and the fact of the matter is is that uh the, how complicated this world is right now keep shit fucking simple and real is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 That's a good note. Probably a good positive, good note to go out on. I think y'all, what you think? That sounds like a great one. Griper is saying, keep it real. What more could you ask for? Keep it real. Yeah, keep yeah. it simple. I always right like to tell simple, stupid. It's like, take care, be, be safe and do good. Yeah, definitely don't do bad, but if you can, do some. Be good. well. Wash your wash your hands. Don't touch your face. All those things. <laughs> yep. All all the stuff. Yeah, you're right. And and head on a swivel. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Head on a swivel, man. Yeah, you're right. Shit, 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 gonna get dark around here. So oh boy. Head on a swivel. Oh, oh. <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 on that happy note, uh, Tom. Thank you for joining us. My, this is my pleasure. Thanks for uh, calling. It was really nice to meet you. I, you know, like, 
I think uh, so. I'm I'm hanging out at around uh, Dublin and Panola, so I get the sense you're around the corner from me. Oh, um, you're not. Shoot, yeah, you're not far away at all. Yeah, so maybe I'll uh, see you walking the dog, you know, and I'll I'll wave from ten feet away or whatever. Yeah, you're right because I'd love you to know? have a chat with you about what your ambitions are. I got some ambitions too. So uh, yeah, good. Let's let's yeah. have that chat. But uh, thank you so much for coming on and and telling us what's My going pleasure. on. Um, we will see you later. All right. Yeah, you're right. Tracy, thanks. Absolutely. Later, Tom. Absolutely. All right, fellas. Later, Griper. Yeah, right on, Tom. Later, JJ. Tracy. Yeah, later. All right. Yeah, it's been uh, six feet of separation with really good friends. Y'all will be good. And uh, we'll, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, you're right.